0: Thinking three again. Missed one a few moments ago. There it is. And down it goes for his first NBA hoop. I don't call it today. You know, I just
1: made it rain. Hold me back, fam. A below average three-point shooter. There's Simmons.
0: I got 50 biscuits. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pick Swap podcast. It's another Tuesday morning. It feels like not Tuesday, though, to me. I don't know about you, Sean, but I'm back (laughs) at home, so the days don't even really matter anymore. They just all blend together. But of course, I'm here with Shawnee B. What's up, Sean?
1: Yeah, what's going on? I'm uh, back rejuvenated about the Sixers. Big one over the Kings last night. Stole one over the Nuggets the other night, so I feel good about the road trip. We'll go home above 500, so it feels good.
0: Yeah, man, that was, uh, we had a long discussion about this road trip and, and what might happen with, you know, these tough stretch of games, and this was, a last night's game was one you had on the calendar where you're like, gotta get that one, you gotta get that one, but since they did beat the Nuggets the other night, it was kind of a little bit of the weight off the shoulders, because we didn't really expect them to take one from the Nuggets the other night.
1: Yeah, 100%, and it, it felt like a game, like, it Jokic kept them afloat in the first half, I think he had 27 points, he was hooping, and then kind of cooled off in the second, and it was kind of downhill from there for the Nuggets, a little bit of the Charles Bassey game, so that was exciting to <laughs> see. Uh, it felt like I was waiting for Jokic to kind of take over on Bassy, since he kind of checked in and mainly in the second half was locking him up, and it just kind of never happened. So cool to see that they kind of have another option in the big man rotation, and I've been very impressed with what I've seen by Bassey so far, so I think that might be something we see going forward.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about him a little bit because I, I have been really enjoying – Uh, What I've been seeing from Charles Bassey, not just because of that game, but he does, he does kind of, uh, he kind of reminds me of like an athletic Tony Bradley where like Tony Bradley was always in the right spot at the right time and and had good footwork and moved into the right positions really well, but he doesn't have the athleticism to keep up with some other bigs. Whereas Charles Bassey, obviously he's young and like he's still learning the game, which is encouraging to see that he's had this success so far. Um, But like, Suit, like freak athlete is a, a really good rim defender for, um, from what I like didn't really I didn't really know that honestly we didn't see him at all in the summer league we barely saw him in uh, preseason but coming in this year it was kind of us like didn't really expect him to get many minutes and I'm glad he held out for whatever what $70,000 <laughs> extra I forget what yeah it
1: was. weird contract you need contract, weird, rookie
0: weird situation for him but he ends up coming in and you know in a Right now, again, where the Sixers are down to their last, like, seven or eight guys, uh, he's able to make an impact. And I think that he just brings another unique, big look to the Sixers. Like, you have Embiid, obviously, who's himself. And then Drummond is – I can't wait until Drummond's the backup again. Uh, Because I'm just, like, I'm done seeing him on the court as much as I have. But then you have, like – I think you're kind of phasing Paul Reed out of the rotation a little bit. Yeah, which I'm not happy about, but like Bassy does play the five in a much better, like structured, strong way than Paul Reed does.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, uh, in this game, Bassy ended with he had ni- played 19 minutes, ended with 12 points, seven rebounds, three blocks, and was a game high plus 20. So pretty impressive numbers there. Uh, This is kind of who Bassy is. Like he has kind of been like a, a steal of the draft kind of from the beginning. And these are the guys that end up when you play with the margins and find success in that, that's kind of a major deal moving forward. And Bassie was a top recruit coming out of high school, had a unique route because he got hurt at Western Kentucky and just going to an obscure school. So his stock kind of uh, dropped when he got hurt. He stayed there for three years, which is a, a weird kind of course of action for a guy. But when you date back to high school, like this guy was a top, uh, a top rookie. Uh, Max, he talked about it in his press conference the other night, how, Growing up in Texas, Bassie was the number one recruit and he was the number two recruit. So kind of cool to see that come full circle. And Maxie seemed like the least surprised out of anybody. He's like, this is the guy I've been seeing doing this for years coming up. And uh, I think he deserves a chance. It is sad that I think he's uh, going to kind of cut Paul Reed out of the the lineup a little bit. But he's just very like, he seems to have like the feel for the game in a way that I guess we haven't really seen with Reed and that he is just much more of a true center. Uh, he's extremely athletic. He's super long. The shot blocking is like a real asset. I'm like, there's not as much madness that there is that it comes with, with Paul Reed. Like, I mean, even last night, like with Paul Reed in the, uh, the Kings game, like the first time he touched the ball, he jacked the corner three and airballed that. And that's, he's very content with kind of playing himself and just being like, what a backup center needs to, which is an asset when we talk about rotational minutes.
0: Yeah. And when you're looking forward and obviously, uh drummond's been playing really well and he's a one-year vet minimum like if you're looking ahead and you think that you can make charles Bassey into what he might be into next year next two years uh that definitely is something that you're looking forward to with him uh and again i don't think paul reed's gonna be like i think they still really like him i just think mm-hmm. that he's not a five like yeah I, I don't think i think he's something different um he brings a much different look in terms of perimeter defense uh, switchability and things, and Bassi does a good job at that too. He's actually surprised me in that sense as well, where he's able to, you know, stay on his feet, keep, stay in front of a guy, and make things difficult for uh, a driving guard. But Paul Reed, yeah, he he came in the game, immediately shot the three, yeah, and then came down and fouled, yeah. Um, but then he got the ball like two possessions later and made a nice reverse layup. Like it's just the way uh, that Paul Reed hits the roller coaster ride that is a Paul Reed minute in the nba so i don't know man it'll definitely be interesting to see what they do going forward with these guys when especially when Embiid comes back because like you can go three big men deep and i don't think they will many nights probably uh considering how much doc is like infatuated with andre drummond Mm -hmm. uh not that i because drummond played well last night did. Yeah,
1: the Kings game is probably the most effort we've seen from him on this kind of road stretch, and he really was an asset to the team on both ends of the floor. Defensively, he competed, ended with 23 rebounds, which is absolutely absurd, and uh, he definitely snatches rebounds right now, too. Like, there was a, the one free throw that was missed, I think it's Alex Len shooting, yeah. that he, like, full out peak and slammed it, and I'm just like, like, this guy does rebound in basketball, so yeah, I mean, there are things that he does. He's a massive human being, so Still an asset. It was incredibly frustrating to watch Tristan Thompson kind of come in and dominate for a little bit. But uh, I mean, Drummond, he will be better when he gets back to his limited minutes, but he ate up innings the way we hoped for last night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we can talk about the Blazers game now a little bit because I'm, that was, that doesn't even like, that game doesn't really even sit in my mind. Like mm-hmm. out of these three games, that that's kind of the one that I've erased, and maybe it's because they lost, but like Maxie again is just like, and we're going to gush over him last night right. as well, because he, he, he didn't shoot the ball fantastically last night, but was still like, I feel like clearly the best part on the floor most mm-hmm. of the night. Um, but again, against the Blazers, he had a great night. Um, what are you just seeing from him? Especially in a game like that, like two, two games in a row where he's going against uh, some of the league's best guards and he's standing out more so than they are.
1: Yeah. Honestly, this trailblazers game was the most notable Maxi game to me. And, just no fear for the spotlight. This kid, he kept them in this game. He had 15 fourth quarter points. He ended this game 35 minutes, 28 points, uh, nine assists, zero turnovers. Like he's he, he's the growth of decision making with the ball has always been huge. He hasn't turned the ball over, and it feels like forever. And his yeah. assist to turnover ratio is just absolutely off the charts. And he's ended up in some like elite companies statistically. When we talk about there are a couple stats we tweeted out yesterday, just finding himself in the same category as guys like Curry, Durant, Jokic, are just absolutely absurd company for him. And uh, in this Trailblazers game specifically, like, this team down the stretch, it it turned into a lot of, like, give it to Maxie and make something happen. And he did. And he he was going kind of toe-to-toe with Dame. He kept them in that game. He's so good at the little float. And he was hitting and ones. He was finger pointing. He was doing it all. So I was super hyped up with Maxi, And I'm really genuinely starting to believe that this guy can be, like, the perimeter creator that we're hoping for and then coming into like a legitimate number two option on this team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited for him. Um, and in that game, like, like I said earlier, like just being able to go in against, I mean, CJ McCollum and looking great. Dame had another, he had a great game uh, against the Sixers that night. He hadn't had a, you know, he hasn't been playing exceptionally well, but you know, he's still Dame Willard mm-hmm. and Maxi goes in there and, and he becomes the spotlight um, out of those three, four guys. And, uh, it's just been like a, a genuine joy to watch him um, rapidly grow up in front of our eyes and and play to a, a level that I didn't think it was even like when we were thinking peak Maxi mm-hmm. when we drafted him like I, what were like was your thought this like was it was peak four Maxi when you, when we, the Sixers first drafted him like honest to God might have been if he continues playing like this like if this is his best season in my mind. In 2019, I was like, that makes sense. Like, yeah, that is the that's the peak, maxi That I was honestly hoping for like he's he is steps and levels ahead of what I thought he was going to be even five years down the road already.
1: Yeah, I've I felt like I had extremely high expectations for Maxi going in the year, and he's blown by all those already. And it's it's so impressive just how much he's learning at such a rapid rate. And he has like a legitimate like NBA separating skill. When we talk about his change of pace and the burst he has. That absolutely changes the game, and you saw it last night in the Kings game specifically. They were so keyed on like not letting that happen and making sure to switch and drop coverage just to prevent him from getting to the basket. And there were times where it didn't even matter. There was one pick and roll where they switched with Tristan Thompson, and they tried to do the same prevent. He just weaved his way in, still got the bucket. And it's he didn't shoot the ball yesterday. Shoot the ball well yesterday. Uh, I do think it was probably his worst game in the stretch, which is still crazy because he ended up with 24 points and, like you yeah. said, still looked like the best player on the on the court. But uh, like I, I'm, I'm really am astounded by how quickly this guy's grown. Uh, he's definitely like on the trajectory of being like a, an all-star level point guard, an all-star level guard in this league, and a guy that really has become like kind of the saving grace and saving hope of this team. When we think about the growth that he has, is really what's keeping like I guess our long-term hopes afloat. When we talk about this whole situation that all we've been buried in like maxi's ascending to a legitimate guy in this league and a guy that can like you lean on i'm so excited for mb to come back and see this like work out as a pairing because i think there's been massive signs of growth with maxi over these past couple games with Embiid out so if this can continue when those two are back and start to get some chemistry between those two specifically i think kind of i don't even know what the what the ceiling is for these two
0: yeah exactly and it's like I don't know. We've been talking about this perimeter creator for a long time. And, you know, the guy down the stretch that can't have the ball in his hands. And, you know, Maxi still in these. That's that's the big part of his game that like yeah, he's playing. He, he's elite at what he does. Like, let's let's be completely honest, like getting to the rim and being 10 feet in. He's actually an elite player, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: floaters, elite, getting to the rim, finishing around contact, elite, he, quickness to the rim like he's incredible there's there's multiple times last night where it's like he comes around a screen or comes around a, a dribble handoff and takes that one like long kind of hang dribble
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then he puts his foot down and he's past you and like he's it's just like it's an elite skill that not a lot of people have and and that's like guys have used that for long careers um to lean on that skill and like even we're watching like the De- Fox who has made strides as a point guard um in all the areas but he's always leaned on that skill of you know take that hesitation dribble and like sprinting past your defender and getting past him and and then being able to create as a passer and a score from that level when we see Tyrese Maxey kind of expand his range and like you said he shot poorly last night but he's been a lot more uh encouraging from this area this year than he was last year although he didn't get like a lot of opportunities last year um like just shooting the basketball from three and from mid range. Like he came out of the gate last night. The first bucket he had was a mid range jumper. Like, yeah. As we go forward with him, is that like the one thing that you're really leaning on that? Like he needs to become at least above average in this area or like getting to very, very good at that. These skills that like, then we're talking about an all-star player from there.
1: I mean, he, I think we're already increasing on that approaching that conversation, to be honest. Like, I trust the development as a shooter. Like, I know there's kind of, it's still a small sample size this early in the the season, but he's shooting over forty percent from three. The shot looks pure. He's becoming increasingly comfortable with like the pull-up mid-range. Like the, it is getting better. And like, I'm shocked. I once again, I just can't believe like the growth is happening this quickly. And uh, a guy that there's been like a lot of buzz about is the De'Aaron Fox with like a potential trade and targets and things like that. And the Kings are. As we kind of saw last night, they're a little bit in shambles right now. Just fired their coach, and they seem to be ready for some organizational shift there. Uh, The thing that kind of holds me back on that is, and take this for what you will, I think when it's all said and done, like Tyrese Maxey is going to be a better player than De'Aaron Fox. And like trading for a guy that we're looking for to be a number two when I think we have a guy... Right now, I would say Maxey's probably like 90% of De'Aaron Fox, and I think he's getting better. So I concerns me like trading for a guy that I think we already have a guy that's ready to be better than but so impressive with Maxie. Like I trust Maxie's jumper a lot more than I trust Fox's already and Maxies is still getting way better.
0: Yeah. And last year like last year was Fox's best shooting year. And I think he shot thirty three percent uh from three and that was like a big improvement for him was to get to thirty three percent from three. And th- not to not to discount Darren Fox. I'm a big fan. Uh I- I've really enjoyed his game but that being said, like thinking about what Tyrese Maxey does, you are right. Like it's they're, they play similar styles, and um, to be honest, the way from the game that I saw last night, I'd rather have Buddy Hield than De'Aaron Fox right now. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say so. I, I've always, I've been a big Buddy Hield guy for a while. I think I, I've talked about this last pot. I think the Lakers made a mistake trading for Russell Westbrook over him, which sounds crazy, but just fit wise, I, I think Buddy is pretty good. I, I think he's shown improvements. On his self creation, creating for off the dribble, doing a lot more. Like he's more than just a stand up shooter. He's got a little bit of size. I like Buddy a lot, and it felt like a little bit of an audition for the Sixers in the four uh, in the first quarter. He came out ripping, knocked down four straight threes, really caught fire, and really just looked unstoppable for a minute. And uh, he cooled off as the game went on, but still, like there is that like the the thing that we've always loved about Buddy, and that he continues shows that willingness to just let it fly but he does it at such a high rate that it's like, this is a, a legitimate, like helpful category in this league. And uh, obviously there's a lot going on with the sixties. There's a, we have a lot of spot up shooters when we talk about Seth Curry, Danny green, George Niang. But if we could sw- swing like a Fox and healed deal, like, I think that's an upgrade over all these guys. I think healed's better than Curry, than green than all these guys in the rotation. So it's definitely something I would be in for packaging both of them if we can make it work. Yeah,
0: man. Uh I- it's, it's tough to it's tough to see, uh, and we were going to talk about this in a little bit, but going back to that, like, <clears throat> I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, like, if we had a player on the Sixers that was averaging, like, just under 20 points per game, mm-hmm. making four out of every ten threes that he takes shooting 40%, like, on ten attempts per game in the way that Buddy Heald does, like, we would be losing our minds, and I stand by that. I think that Buddy yeah. Heald has become, like, that type of player in the NBA that, like, Team sh- if he wasn't playing in Sacramento uh, on this terrible poverty joke of a franchise that they are, um, like, people would care about Buddy Healed. And, I, and like, again, we, we kind of talked, like, it, it looked like neither one of those guys really gave a shit about that game last night, which, like, if either – like, they should have – the Kings should win that game. Like, yeah. any team that is full strength against a seven-man roster without four starters, <laughs> they should win that game. And it's it's very embarrassing for them that they didn't. Um, I understand what's going on there. And, like, Alvin Gentry is his first game. Alvin Gentry has been around for a long time. Uh, he's been a head coach. He's been an assistant coach. This wasn't, like, a whirlwind for him. He's been in that position before. Um, they should win that game. But their two, three best players could not care less about what happened. And they go into that locker room. They get changed and they leave. And I I, I would put money on the fact that they go home and don't think about that shit again. They just go about their day. I don't think they really care.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. With some, t- t- I agree with most of what you said. I definitely think the Kings are a mess. I definitely think there's a lot of oh, yeah. changes in the works there. Uh, I do. Th- I don't think. I wouldn't say they don't care as much as you say. Like I definitely think Heald's wanted out for a while. Marvin Bagley's obviously already wanted out there's been huge news with that there were some changes last night when we talk about gentry and his coaching he gave bagley some extended run which hasn't happened all season he gave tristan thompson some more burn like there were some rotational changes that he made and stuff that like not that that long term makes a difference but there is like ongoing change when within the organization the kings are like there's certainly a shift occurring and uh when we talk about like fox specifically because this is kind of who my like i was on because i just was really curious as the game went on, how I would feel about a Fox and Maxi kind of pairing. I think he competed still defensively. I was still impressed with him most specifically on Maxi. Like it felt like there was a little bit of a, a not personal matchup there, but those guys looked like they enjoyed competing against each other. Uh, So I was impressed with what I saw from Fox defensively, which improved my mind too. Like that improved the chances of them being able to play together. I I, I agree that they kind of are showing up to it. At this stage, like it feels a little bit of like a this. You're here to make your audition tape for other teams on the Kings right now, which like, I mean that that happens on teams. But I was, I still saw things I like from both those guys last night, so I I wouldn't say they flat out don't care.
0: No, I'm I don't mean that like I think they care about basketball. I don't think Mm. they care about playing for the Kings. Okay, and like if I was an NBA player at this point, and like everything that's like if I'm De'Aaron Fox right now, and you're looking at the way that your career has gone, and it's like you're in year five from the start you guys were like okay we're bad but like we're getting there
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're getting there and you get buddy healed and you get Marvin Bag, you take Marvin Bagley and you could have had Luca you could have had Trey young or you could have yeah. had all these guys and you know you're in year five and not only are you not competing you're actually much worse than you were in your third year so like I would be frustrated and like someone asked me the other day in a press conference and they were like you know, is there pressure? He's like, what pressure? It's not like we're in the playoffs. Like, we're just playing basketball. It's yeah. like, there, there's a completely different way of playing and, and, you know, the way that you go about your life. Like, it, with a guy like Maxi, who's coming in every day, and I think that he would be doing this anywhere, just because I think that's his personality. But, like, specifically here, he's coming in on a team that has championship aspirations, that has a coach that has been in the championship, has been in the playoffs, around players that have been in the game and, and been through the ringer and done all this stuff. And like he's fighting every day to be a part of a team that is going to the playoffs regardless, but, and hopefully going deep Easter conference finals, that type of thing. Whereas like buddy heel, Darren Fox, those guys are walking in every day, knowing, you know, the clock's ticking down from one to 82 and the closer they get to 82, the closer their season is over. Like they just don't have anything really to play for after that. So I liked but yeah. I I loved what I saw from Buddy Heald last night. Like I was in kind of infatuated by him <clears throat> watching him play. And he you know, he did the shirt up, talk said something to, to Doc Rivers Doc, half after yeah, the game. And I would I just wonder. I wonder if that's something that the Sixers look at because like I know that there's been concerns about, you know, I don't even know like defensively, I guess is the biggest concern with Buddy Healed, but like if you have him buy in uh and play for a team like the Sixers that doesn't really concern me that much. I feel like and if he's able to do what he's able to do, uh, he changes the game for the Sixers. So I would love him
1: in a Sixers uniform. Yeah, and real quick, the one guy that seems untouchable in the Kings is Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, uh, The Kings are insane to not trade <coughs> Tyrese Halliburton for Ben Simmons. I really feel like Halliburton is a guy that is going in kind of the Simmons direction as far as like style of play, meaning that he's like a do the little things, set up teammates, be more of a passer, be like he's not going to be a primary star and I think Ben Simmons is just flat out better than that at Halliburton obviously right now and I just think long term I mean last night he ended he 33 minutes he had zero points nine assists four (laughs) rebounds oh for five from the field oh for three from three the shot doesn't look good I didn't trust it coming out of college and like he's been one of those guys with like a weird form but it works but they were like his one three he missed last night was like a wide open look had full out time and I know it's a one-game thing, so I'm not going to criticize the guy. But, like, I don't trust long-term that the development is there for Halliburton and just flat-out Simmons is going to end up the better player. So I think they're crazy not to consider that. Uh, If we do talk about, like, realistic deals with the Kings, tell me how you feel about this. If we do a swap, Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, and Marvin Bagley and a first-round pick for Simmons, Curry, and Green, how do you feel about that?
0: I mean, like, if you're the Sixers, you have to. Like, you'd have to do that deal if the, the Kings are going to take that. Like, think about that. You're getting. I, I like. Cause I still, I still think there's game there for Marvin Bagley. Like, I, I'm i not, I haven't been out on Marvin Bagley uh, by any means. I don't think that he's, you know, he was worth the number two overall pick when they took him. Uh, but I, I think there's still game there. Um, and if you're getting Ben Simmons off your books, you're getting Danny Green off your books, um, especially for next year, that opens up a little bit. And then you're getting. Uh, a fringe all-star player in in De'Aaron Fox where he was last year, and what Buddy Heal does on a daily basis, on a nightly basis, like you'd you'd be crazy not to. Um, I love Seth Curry; it'd be it'd be difficult to to part with Seth because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But like, then you're looking like your starting lineup then looks like <laughs> Maxie, See, Fox, Heal yeah, Harris, and Embiid. That's solid that's really good and there's a lot of shooting there like there's there's shooting that's made up for with buddy healed the only concern i guess is is the matchup or the uh the meshing of maxi and uh the aaron fox in the backcourt cuz they play similar styles uh and neither of them shoot the ball uh in like a high capacity but you have buddy healed for that as well so i think that i think that the I think the Kings probably want to do two separate deals. I feel like they'll get more value for them each separately. But if they're if you're able to pull something off like that, I feel
1: like you'd have to if you're the Sixers. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's kind of a, a Mori-esque move to trade Curry now. Uh, like, I love Curry. He's been absolutely excellent. There's absolutely limitations in his game. and I think Buddy Hill straight up would be an upgrade when we just talk about the overall play. Because defensively... Curry is pretty much like a zero. And it, it is tough having like a backcourt of Maxi and Curry because they both are undersized, both like 6'3 guys. Like just matching up is difficult down the stretch. Uh I'm not as in on Marvin Bagley as you at all. I I just don't think he's very good. I I mean, I think he's a a playable guy for limited minutes, but I don't see it anywhere. I think that's more of a make the money work and get the headache out of there on their end. Uh all three of these guys from the Kings are guys that seemingly won out or at least have shown some expression of interest over time so i think it's definitely a, an option uh i'm absolutely about it let's send ben to cali the way he uh the way he wants and i'm down to make that happen i think i think sacramento is a perfect place for ben yeah <laughs> i think i do, uh, think he would do well there it's like not too much pressure you're still out in la ish out in cali where you want to be and yeah kind of like the niche weird team that i think he could have not not that much pressure on him
0: yeah, uh, and I think that the Kings fans would just be like, "Oh my God, we have someone that's actually good." Um, but, like, like you said, I feel like it would definitely be the the only overlap you see is the the Fox and and Maxi backcourt that just like it lacks the shooting. Well, when I talk about Marvin Bagley, I don't I don't talk about Marvin Bagley as like a starter. I think as like that stretch four five that we've been looking for, like a guy that can play both, like. On, in a Doc river system, like, where we, t- we, we, we call Doc Rivers the floor raiser,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I, I think he brings Marvin Bagley from being, like, pretty meh to, like, no, oh, he's actually pretty decent. And, like, that's all you really need from that type of player. And I think Marvin Bagley has that skill level in him. Um, and I think that he's just been kind of handcuffed by Sacramento. And Like, again, I don't think that he's going to come out and be like, oh, he's going to drop 20 a game and, you know, be this elite post-scorer stretch four. That like I think people thought he was going to be, but he's dealt with injuries. He's been in a a really shitty rotation. Um, I think there's there's maybe something to it, but like I don't I just I just don't see like I mean the Kings are they're idiots. They they make terrible trades. They make terrible decisions all the time. So maybe they do end up taking this deal. I feel like that's highway robbery if you're the Sixers. Like I I, mean, I I think not because Ben is Ben is
1: Ben, but I'm kind of seeing that as like a loss as already. I also think Seth Curry is like an asset to teams right now. Like he's been incredible over the past like year and year and 18 games so far. And just like the playoff performance, I think is something teams won't forget. Like he kept the Sixers in for stretches. He's a guy that like legitimately has raised his stock a great deal since being here. And on an $8 million contract is pretty crazy value. If they're then looking at like, Kind of a Simmons Halliburton. Curry will probably be a rotational piece there. Like Simmons ha- is a guy that, like if if you can look at him as a building block, he would be the best player the Kings have had in probably like 20, Since 30 Chris years. Weber. Who knows? Yeah. Chris Weber. Yeah, probably. So, like, this is a, a rare chance that, like, a guy that like <laughs> you can get for it, it, I feel like it accomplished both goals of kind of moving on in the organization and giving you kind of the core fresh start that, like, you're looking for on both ends so i think it's something that there is there there's there's enough smoke surrounding the kings right now that i do think something could happen and i'm all about it uh i also think the maxi and fox duo with enough shooting there and i think tobias is fine enough buddy healed obviously will help space the floor like there there will be enough spacing for them to both be able to do their thing attack the basket and i trust maxi's shot more than fox but i think like there's enough willingness to shoot and enough kind of signs of development specifically in maxi but fox i think it's like it's doable like i will at this point and it i'll still take the like willing to shoot even though you're not great at it versus like a guy that is just, just not willing also not that they're shots but like i think fox would be a direct like improvement for the offense as a whole yeah dude and the
0: uh the amount of pressure put on the rim when you're talking about <laughs> two guards that play the way that that fox and maxi do and then just like that's literally open season when you're talking about shooters. Like, you bring in Buddy Heald and he's having to run off dribble handoffs and take three screens to try to get an open shot playing for the Kings because they don't care about uh, Mo Harkless. Nobody cares about Mo Harkless shooting the ball or whoever it might be. But like, if you have Embiid setting those screens and you have Maxi and Darren Fox putting pressure on the rim like that, like, you're talking about literally wide open. Dead eye shots from a guy that makes 40% on contested shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, shooting will, like, shooting helps open the lanes. But, like, when you have two guards that create so much in those lanes, just it is, is, makes a complete difference um, in what the shooting world does as well. One guy I really want to talk about because he missed a lot of time. And, you know, it's easy to forget sometimes. Man, Matisse Leibold was awesome last night. Yeah. And I just, I was, you know, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm I'm loving it all. Every minute of of, of Matisse, a great Matisse game is, like, I think on top of, like, a, a really good Ben game, like a Ben triple-double, I think a, Matisse, a really good Matisse game was up there for me as, like, my most enjoyable. Um, So last night was awesome. A season high for him, 15 points. Uh, but I think he had, what, five steals, like, which is another season high. Like, just doing some crazy stuff uh, from him. and. Just super fun to watch. So what did you see from Matisse?
1: Yeah, uh most points in I think it was two or three years. So cool to see <laughs> his last time was against
0: the Kings. Against the Kings, the other, yeah. Yeah, uh, 20 but, against the Kings.
1: Yeah, he ended with 15 points, uh, three steals, two rebounds, a block, plus seven, six of eight from the field. He was just snatching and going coast to coast and slamming it down. It was awesome to watch. Uh, uh it was cool to see Matisse kind of break out a little bit. Like you said, he's been he's missed a lot of time. He hasn't truly found his kind of role and uh, we threw him on Buddy Heald, changed the game a little bit, the way he kind of followed him around. And he really did play an asset. He played 33 minutes last night, which is a lot for him. And uh, it was cool to see Matisse. When he's, like, playing well offensively, he knocked down a 3-2. It was a it was a 2-for-a-dollar the two for a dollar shot. Yeah. He missed the first one, got it back, knocked it down on the second attempt. So when he – there is offensive game there, and last night was a night where he did show flashes of that. You absolutely need to leave him on the floor because defensively he's so elite that – he really is like nearly a zero on offense most of the time. And when there's stuff there, like he looked really good as a cutter last night too. Maxi yeah. found him on a couple coming to the basket that were just great. Like he looks like an asset last night and I would like to make more use of his cutting. Like he's a guy that I think is wasted a little bit kind of sitting in the corner. Like that's just not how we're getting the most out of him. And there has been enough spacing in the past to really utilize him cutting the basket and making some of the, the runs and cuts that he does. But I loved it last night and absolutely happy to have him back. Yeah, man.
0: And he, like you said, as a cutter um, off the ball, I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, And he even is like a decent passer when uh, given the chance. Like, not that you want him to be passing all the time by any means, but he made a nice, like, a nice pass into the paint last night to Andre Drummond, and I think he ended up getting fouled. But, like, he does things, like, kind of well in a lot of ways, like, he he's done a better job of like when he has a chance to dribble drive to just like take that straight line drive instead of like kind of avoiding it um like you said on that on that two for one where he he caught it missed someone got the rebound passed it back out to him and uh, he got another chance like i was just happy he took it again me
1: too yeah. um
0: i was kind of worried that he was going to miss two in a row i'm not going to lie uh his shot is not is not gorgeous it's it's definitely one that I'm kind of worried when it goes up in the air that it's not going to go in. But like you said, man, as a defensive player, he's one of the few guys in the league that like you put him in the game and there is an immediate change of pace defensively. He's putting pressure on your best players. He's changing the way that they play, which means he's changing the way the rest of the offense plays. He's deflecting passes. He's blocking shots. He's reaching around. He's stealing. He's poking the ball loose. Like, we talk about the steals and the blocks so much, but like he's literally just like relentlessly attacking the ball. And when you get as many deflections as you do, like things happen. And even if you don't get a steal, even if they just have to reset and there's four seconds left on the shot clock, like you made a difference and there's not too many guys in the league. And so disappointing, like with Ben and everything, because I think that they were like two of maybe five or six players in the league that could come in and be like when they want to be a legitimate game changing defensive player. And like, there's a handful of those in the league perimeter wise that do that on a nightly basis. And I think like Matisse is legitimately one of those guys.
1: He's one of the few guys. And I, I think I've like almost never seen this before where you beat him and it's almost more dangerous. Like when he's yeah. behind you, guys are like looking back scared. You feel the arms kind of like coming around yeah. reaching, and it feels like he, he gets his hand on so much that it's just like, when you see him, he goes, when he goes over a screen, and a guy goes to the basket like you they feel his presence on him the whole way and he's so good at just getting his hand on the ball there so the steals and blocks that come from that like is dangerous he can really swallow up a guy by doing this which it's a complete asset it changed the game on buddy and we saw the way like he started off so hot and just being able to have matisse like as an option off the bench just throw at a guy and just kind of go bother him go stick with him is so huge for this team and uh, honestly, like I, the other thing that we've talked about a lot with uh, the Matisse and Ben relationship kind of is that like they both had such similar strengths and weaknesses that it was tough to keep both on the court, especially with the, the offensive liabilities and just both being like struggling as far as shooting and uh, options with that, that with Ben not being here, it does extend the amount of minutes we could give to Matisse, which I love. And I think that's huge. And I'm, I'm happy for the guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll, it's nice to see him back in this rotation. Obviously, he was like just out with COVID and everything, but like you're slowly seeing, like it's, it's very, it's a very simple thought, but it's almost one that like takes you time to realize. Like, he's a, he's like a, you know, seventh man in this rotation, and it's like he comes in the game and he's like, oh my god, he's a difference maker. It's almost yeah. like if the the starters are better than the bench players and they make a, a big difference in these games. Like, literally just having him uh, change the way that the Sixers played last night and they were able to win, you know, not just solely because of him, obviously, but because of the way that he was able to play on Buddy Heald and the way that he played defense and Drummond even, you know, in that way. He had a couple blocks late and offensive rebounds late. So, you know, I'm just – I'm excited to get this team, like, actually back. Um, Seth was out again last night. Tobias out again last night. DG still missing time. Like, it's just been uh, kind of tiring watching these, like, you know, staying up late to watch the the end of the rotation players, but even in the game last night, they fight hard and they get a win. Um, so,
1: is there any news for um? What do they play tomorrow? The Sixers play tomorrow. Yeah, against play the, Golden State. Yeah, Warriors again tomorrow at ten. Embiid's still going to be out for that one. It sounds it's weird the lack of information surrounding Embiid. Like it feels like right? there's been way less knowledge with him than the other guys coming back. Uh, there seems to be some sort of issue with getting negative tests and something like that. I'm not exactly sure. They haven't said a lot. Uh, The good news is he is back in Camden and working out at the team facility. The Sixers are obviously on the West Coast, so he's away from the team still. But uh, hopefully rejoining soon. It sounds like either Saturday versus the Timberwolves, which is a 6 o'clock game, which is super happy about, or uh, at home against the Magic on Monday. It looks like the target date for Embiid. So the good news is it is coming. It feels like it's been a while, but uh, he will be back. And when he's back on the court, this team is back in full swing
0: yeah and they're uh you know they're still fighting like it seems like this has been like uh this stretch definitely has been a fight uh mm-hmm. rather than like they're kind of figuring it out they're just like literally in a in a, a fist fight every single night which is like there's something to be said about that it's kind of nice to see that these guys have that in them to go in and, and just kind of knock out drag out do whatever it takes to win and last night you saw that with seven players like just do everything it possibly takes and you know i again i will credit doc for that i feel like that's a lot of him and sam cassell and those guys getting them ready and you know no excuses just going in to try to win these games i I think a lot of credit uh deserves to go to them um and i've just been really like as much as these kind of have been like not totally enjoyable games to watch in terms of just like talent wise and what they're doing and scheme wise it has been enjoyable to see the young guys get a chance and uh, isaiah joe looked good last night um Like, these guys are getting a shot. Paul Reed, even at times, like, you know, he's not getting all the minutes, but you see, like, we wouldn't have seen Charles Bassey in these moments uh, had no one gotten hurt or no one been out with COVID. And we wouldn't see Isaiah Joe in the rotation. And, you know, who knows? We probably wouldn't have even seen as much George Niang in these moments. He's definitely cooled off a bit. But, like, he's been awesome for this team. And, like, you just don't get to see the the, like, evolutions of these players if it weren't for the things that have happened. So... Finding silver linings is everything, and I feel like it's been kind of nice to see these this second group fight
1: for these wins that they've been able to get. Yeah, it's been awesome watching watch these guys compete and fight, and every <clears> game <throat> has been hard fought. The Jazz is the only game that we've been blown out in really yeah. all season. And also, it shouldn't be, like, brushed over. Think back, like, a little over two weeks ago, the Sixers were 8-2 and two and sitting at top of the East yeah. when we were still at full strength. So not that that was expected to fully keep up, but it's not long ago that this team looked very good when it was at full strength. And getting that back is it's coming soon and we're going to be right back into competing with some real teams and we'll see so uh warriors tomorrow not really looking like a winnable game but that's okay they're coming home from the from the road trip with still in the uh winning record column so i think that's a huge takeaway in itself it's cool they scrapped to get it there and uh good outlook moving forward
0: yeah absolutely and we're hopefully hopefully getting curry back uh tobias back Mm -hmm. like is there is there any news on them? Like, was just like last night they were just...
1: Yeah, I think it was more of just a, a rest night. Not rest night for them. I think they both have some dings. Toby's dealing with the the hip, some back soreness for Curry. Yeah. But I don't think either one of them are long-term concerns. So hopefully on uh, tomorrow night we'll get back Curry for
0: a little... You know, the, the Curry brothers is always a fun matchup to watch. Definitely. And then obviously, you know, Steph is the MVP of the league right now. But yeah. <laughs> beside the point... And then hopefully Tobias back and maybe you can get some full strength. And you know, who knows? Who knows? Never know. Yeah. Uh, but the Warriors are look like the best team in the league right now. And Clay Thompson just got cleared to come back soon. So, you know, good for them. I'm happy for him. Big Clay and Steph fan. So uh they'll get back from that. And then when they come home on is their first game back Saturday. on Saturday. Yeah. Well, so they get a, they get a couple nights off, which is nice
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: after they're traveling back. So hopefully we'll, you know, they're seeing them get back to full strength here. Um and we're definitely keep gonna keep up with you guys. So we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday morning. Uh, uh, do you want to? It's Thanksgiving.
1: Oh yeah, true. Um, we'll figure it out. So we'll be- say maybe
0: maybe Friday. Maybe yeah. we'll push it off a day. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, we'll 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 be talking to you towards the end of this week. Um, you can follow us on all our socials at PickSwapPod. Pod, check out the YouTube, check out the TikTok. We just put one. Sean put one out yesterday. Uh, we're gonna be updating those. Uh, More often, follow Sean at Sean underscore Bernard one. Follow me at JSBrain17. Uh, It's been a pleasure as always. And we'll talk to you guys soon.